St. Louis Business Podcast Show, episode number three. Contracting, government contracting, going through the Small Business Administration. Each year, the Small Business Administration, they have roughly probably 30% of their uh, funds. They, they, dealt, they probably get, what, 800, 600, something like that, billion dollars a year. And 30% uh, usually is set aside for small uh, different categories, such as uh, service disabled to own businesses, a hub zone, um, women owned businesses, uh, disadvantaged businesses, hub zone, I already said hub zone, right? And they allocate that percentage each month, like set aside essentially for those type of, uh, those type of, uh, contracts, you know, to be awarded to those entities. Let's take it for instance, service disabled owned better in business. 30% of the money goes towards, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have to set aside that much money for these categories. So you as a service disabled owned business, you would bid on a contract. You go to fbo.gov, fbo.gov. And there's a couple criteria. So you like, whatever you do, maybe for instance, you're a Commvault, you know, Commvault, you install Commvault, whatever software, and you see a contract. Oh, okay. It's for Commvault. Okay. And you check the categories. Okay. Uh, 8A, I think it is, um, small business, you know, services, they own business. Okay, good. Yep. Check the box. And then you bid on it. And then what happens is they, you have, uh, you have like a request for RFP, which is a request for proposal. And you have a request for uh, quotation. Uh, RFPs are usually, what do they do? What is the, what, what is the, what is the service that you're going to render to the government? In this case, we're using example of Commvault. So you read the RFP from them. Okay. They want uh, the software. They want support for Commvault for how many months or a year or two years, five years, whatever it is. And then you would go in and say, okay, I can do that. And you would submit, uh, you reply to that essentially RFP request for proposal. And, and then they come back and they say, okay, good. Uh, you know, we are going to, we, we like that. Fine. We're going to award you a contract. And then, and then you have what you call a letter of in, uh, what is it? A letter of intent or is it a letter? It's almost like you go. So if you don't have any money, let's say, but you have a business and you do all this stuff, you can go and you say, okay, I just, I, I have this, um, I have this contract that I'm bidding on and you go to a bank and you say, I have a letter of intent or a letter of you know, I'm going to probably win this contract and I would like to borrow money for this. And then that's how you get your, your money. That's a good, that's not a, you know, that's usually how people do it. They go and they say, okay, bank, I, I have this contract for government guaranteed money. You know, you won't get your money until three months. Usually that's how it works. Governments don't pay their, their people until after three months. So you have to have at least three months in the bank, you know, to pay your people or whatever it is that you have usually that's standard working for the government because uh, sometimes they're slow to pay you and you go to the bank and you say, Hey, you got a letter. I, I got this, this contract, please. Uh, you know, can you forward me the funds or can you, you can you just set up an account so we can have the funds readily available and you don't touch the funds obviously. Right. But it's just there just in case you win the contract. And then now you're now you're fully funded. So you have, you the type of contracts you have out there for the government are you have like firm fixed price, uh, you have cost reimbursement. So firm fixed price is you're you're telling me exactly, I um I'm the I'm the person doing the work. I'm the convo person. Let's say 
and I'm going to tell the government, government, I'm going to charge you $100,000 a month, flat out, no other costs that are higher done, right? So I, I should be really, I should really know ahead of time, that's exactly how much I'm going to charge the government because I don't want to, I don't want to have to incur more cost and then I'll eat that money because the government's like, Hey, you told us you're going to pay us, you you know, you're going to charge us a hundred thousand and now your expenses are 120. They don't care. The government's like, no, nah, what? I don't care. That's not my problem. You told us. So figure it out. Right. That's how it works. That's how the whole system works with that one. And um, so, so going on that point, you have the, the cost, uh, cost, uh, sorry, cost reimbursement contracts. So cost reimbursement contracts I typically use for like research and development because there, there's a, there's a, what do they call it? There's a, a high amount. So let's say for instance, in a cost reimbursement, the high end is a hundred thousand dollars R and D contract. And the government is like, okay, you can't go higher than a hundred thousand. You're like, okay, fine. I can't go higher than a hundred thousand. So you as the company should know when you reach a certain point, okay, I gotta, I gotta cut costs or something. You know, I gotta lower my, my amount of money before I go forward. It's something similar. Um, it's a little different than fixed price from fixed price because you're, you, you know, because there's different costs involved, especially with like research and development. So that's uh, that's the cost uh, the co- cost reimbursement uh, contracts. All right, now we get into like eight um, uh, a. So like I mentioned before earlier about small business, but they have uh, like set aside. That's set aside essentially. That's the thirty percent I was talking about. So the, the type of the type of uh, t- type of uh, contract or type of yeah, essentially set asides. So that's what I was talking about earlier with the the small business, uh, the service disabled on business, right? So you have like the hub zone. So you're like a company that's like hub zone certified or whatever. You have the um, 8A certified small business or whatever. You have, like I said, the service disabled on business. You have the woman owned business and you have the like there's, I think this is a new one, which is like the economic disadvantaged business. That's kind of a different one. That's a new one, I guess. And so you so how how do you know what you are basically right so if you're service disabled on business you're going to know that right obviously you're going to know if you're hub zone if you're in an area where the you know hub zone typically is you're in an area your business is in the area where it's not a thriving business area it's like a rundown area so that's where the benefit there typically what you'll see is you'll see individuals open up a business like a store or something like that or whatever in a small town that's like that is um what they call hub zone basically right and they just run it out of there they pay like a thousand bucks a month whatever and they've been on contracts and they they'll win them because they're quote unquote in a hub zone area you know because they're maybe they don't live there but their business is there now sometimes what happens is you also have to live in some of these locations you have to live in the hub zone area too as well so you have to it's it's a little different, right? You can't just start a you can't have like a business because uh, they know this stuff. The government, the SBA knows knows the little tricks of the trade there. So like a small business set aside, right? Basically, the usually a small business is like one hundred fifty thousand or less, something like that. Uh, that's the contract one hundred fifty thousand or less anticipated. Usually that's uh, that's what's called like anywhere from 
because some contracts out there uh, can be like uh, $10,000 for the contract to do whatever it is. And maybe you've been on it and you win it and you get paid, you know, 10 grand for that project or whatever it is. And then, you know, now you've successfully bid on a, you know, quote unquote, small, uh, small, small business or a set aside co- contract. And it's only 10 grand, but you've, you've essentially done it. I mean, now to just rinse and repeat for the, the bigger contracts, essentially. So you have, okay, now you have prime and sub. So sometimes you'll see where companies are like, yeah, I'm the prime of the contract. And then someone's a sub. So what happens is a company is too big. Let's say, for example, they're prime and they're too big for the contract. Maybe they're, they have too much. They've, for some reason, they don't meet the small business, small business anymore, but they're the prime contract. So what they usually doing is this, the company, whoever they are, they have, they, they have the contract and it's an ongoing contract and they have 10 people on their, their contract. And they say they go to a, usually a, a smaller company who is a small business, maybe service disabled owned business. And they say to them, Hey, listen, I, or vice versa, maybe the small business, the S the service disabled in business comes to them and says, I want to, I want to help you win this contract. You're the prime. I'm going to be the sub. No problem. And what happens is the, the subcontract, the subcontractor wins the, the contract and now now they're prime and the prime becomes a sub. So let's say company a, what's a good example. What's a good Coca-Cola. Let's say Coca-Cola is the prime, right? And let's say, let's say Joe's data center is the sub subcontract okay okay so the joe's data center is smaller than coca-cola so what happens is joe's contract uh, sorry joe's data center bids on the contract and wins it now they're the prime and they already have kind of a handshake agreement basically to say hey coca-cola you're the sub but what happens usually is joe's data center is going to use the resources of coca-cola so what they're going to do is they're going to hire uh, Joe's data center will have like, let's say four employees or six employees, whatever it is. Right. And then Coca-Cola will have the additional two or four, uh, four, uh, uh, four, um, person. So you, now you have the 10 and Coca-Cola doesn't mind They're like, okay, fine. And the, um, so Joe's data center gets less money actually in that deal. Cause they can work it out. Like they just want to win the contract and they're essentially what's going on is Joe's data center is using the resources of Coca-Cola. So they essentially hired the people from Coca-Cola to be this, to, to work for them just for the duration of the contract. And it's, in, it's quite interesting that happened. That's a very common thing. It's a very common thing. Let me explain it a little differently. You have Coca-Cola and you have Joe's data center. Joe's data center bids a contract. They win. They're the prime. Joe's data center doesn't have the resources to fulfill the contract. And they know that. But before they even bid on the contract, they had like a deal where they talked to Coca-Cola. And so Coca-Cola, I want to use your people for this contract. Coca-Cola said, no problem. We have the tools. We have the resources. We'll help you do that. So they essentially Coca-Cola will help them get funding. The whole everything because coca-cola will get uh will still remain and get some money out of the deal that's the whole reason for this and that happens all the time that happens quite often so the the type of 
uh, let's go in a little more depth, right? You have the hub zone. I, I think I mentioned it before. So like if, if you, it must be on uh, 51% of the American has to own it. Essentially it has to be in a, a, a bad part of the area. Uh, so the, the office has to be in a hub zone and you'd also have like an Indian place, like an Indian, uh, what is it? Lynn, what are they called? Indian reservation can be as well there. So there's different rules for like your Alaska, Alaska native and your Indian and your, and your hub zone. You have your 8A. So 8A is like a, this is like your, your, uh, what are the, what's the word? Your, uh, ec economically disadvantaged uh, businesses, basically, 8A, right? And again, the same thing, it has to be owned by 51%, uh, it has to be American. Um, in, in, so, 50, and also 51% of the, the, uh, bi the business owners, basically, right, have to, have to qualify as like an economically disadvantaged um, who, uh, American who are in, you know, in good, outstanding character. Uh, no, no, um, no, you have to be a good moral character, essentially, is what, what they're talking about. So for this one, you, you can't just hire somebody and do it. And um, you, you, you can't, you have to have somebody managing it who meets these qualifications as well, like owner, manager, whatever, who meets these qualifications. And they have to be in business for at least two years. You know, you, you can't just start this and go, 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 right? You have to be in at least two years for that to, uh, for that to happen. So the benefit of the, the benefit of the hub zone and the 8A, right, is you can go to small business administration and, and you can work with them and they'll help you find contracts. You can go to the, any, in St. Louis, I believe it's in the, it's a downtown, the federal building, I believe it is. The Young Building, well, I forget the name of that building, but it's a Young Building. I forget the name of the actual, but it's the Young, it's like a Young Federal Building. And anyway, you go on, I don't know what floor it is, but you can go in there and you can talk to them and they'll help you find uh, contracts, essentially. Or they'll they'll work with you because, you know, after all, right, I mean, their, their whole reason, their whole reason for being is to to, to a get you the small business to win a contract and b to spend that money, the government's money, because you know as you know right in the government, if you don't spend the money, they don't give you another, they don't give you more money the next year. So you should spend that money. That's the whole thinking there. The other uh, type of business like small uh, disadvantaged business, I think we went over there a little bit more, uh, but these are. These are similar to 8A, essentially, uh, 8A, uh, 8A uh, businesses. Uh, the next one they have is women-owned uh, service. Sorry, women-owned small businesses. So obviously, you know, if you're a woman, right, you can you own a business. You have to, you have, to have at least 51% of the business. You have to own 51% of the business in good character and all that stuff. You have to have, I believe it's two years. You have to have your business within two years. And, um, yeah, so there you go. If, uh, you're that, you know, you're going to meet the criteria. And the last one is, there's more, but the last one is service disabled owned, service disabled veteran owned businesses, right? And, okay, so of that, of that, of that money I talked about, the 30%, right? 
3% of that money, 3% of that money, okay, is, is set aside just for service-disabled owned businesses, just for, you know, 3% of that 300 or that 600 billion is set aside just for service-disabled owned businesses. And, you know, obviously you need to be a veteran. You have to be service-disabled veteran, a veteran. You have to have a business. It, you have to, the service-disabled owned veteran has to own at least 51% of the business. And if you're a service-disabled owned, if you're a service-disabled, a service-disabled veteran and you start a business, this is, this is really a good way for you to get into contracting because again, 3% and that, listen, that 3% doesn't have to mean that you win a contract a million dollars. You can win a contract of like $10,000 or $5,000 to start, start small, bid on a contract $5,000 or, or less and go to the bank. Hey, I have this, you know, letter of intent, essentially. Can you, can you fund me the bank? Most likely it's like five grand. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll fund you. Right. And you do the, you know, you, what you're doing is you're, you're you're helping yourself you're building your uh what is the credibility essentially when you do this so a lot of times what people will tell you like small business will probably tell you this right small sba will tell you this when you go sba what they usually say is go to fbo.gov which is the federal business opportunity website and look for look for contracts read the read the rfps bid on those contracts that are, of course, in your 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 spectrum of influence, your your business category, and then and and just keep talking and and just you know tell yourself or sorry, make yourself available to the the people out there because a lot of these a lot of these businesses, like especially government, right? They're now we're we're talking government, we're talking uh, agency type of companies. Uh, SBA. So it's not only the government, you know, like the, the military contracts, not that. It is one thing, but it's more than that. It's the other agencies, a bunch of agencies that the, the federal government has, you're bidding on those. So essentially that's what it is. So there's hundreds and hundreds, I think, not hundreds, but maybe 20, 30, something like that um, agencies out there in the federal government that you could, you could bid on. You could, you could go out and look. And it's going to take a lot of work, of course, right? But the more you look at the RFPs, request proposals, you're going to really, see, what you're going to do is you're going to see a pattern. You can also see the benefit here is this. You can also go to FBA.gov and you can also, is it FBA.gov or org? I forget which one it is, but, but you can also look and see like sources sought. You can also look for awarded, like award contracts, meaning you can read the award the award contract say who is it awarded to and okay how did they do it like you can kind of decipher okay this is what they bid on here here's what they were asking for here's what the company bid on and let me just look at that and see there's a pattern and then and then you know the more you do it the more the the better you get it all this stuff and you know when you win your first contract that's all you need one you win one you're good because now you just rinse and repeat the same process and Keep in mind, of course, right, that the government doesn't pay you. Usually they're late to pay you three months, usually, right? So you want to have some, you want to make sure you have some money stored away just in case they don't pay you within three months. Or you want to have a, make sure the bank knows this as well. Most banks know this, that the government uh, takes three months to pay them. So, yeah. So this is the episode number three of the St. Louis Business Podcast Show. And I've, I've just went over 
contracting, applying for government contracts, a little bit more general idea on how it works. So the next episode I'm going to talk about is more more in the deep deep, deep in uh, more of the in the weeds on how this uh, how do you get a business and how do you start and what are the things that that occur with that. Thanks a lot.